know, nobody wants to die, but if we're going to do it, it might as well be once, right? And I like that as a believer, we do it on our terms. I make the choice. And if you guys are believers, you made that choice some time ago. You're saying, what? Yeah, we, we picked our death. I picked the day that I died. I know, I know when I died. I gave up that old life. And I know the day I resurrected. <laughs> I know the day I resurrected. I was spiritually dead, and then I spiritually came alive to never die again. This body will pass away someday, this physical body. But even that physical body will be, will be resurrected. But I'm so glad to know that, like, I don't have any fear of death. And as a believer, when we truly understand, and that's my hope, that as we, we understand and we go through this process, that as believers, we don't have fear of death. We really shouldn't have fear, period. So the message to the Smyrnans, it just sounds funny, right? The Smyrnans? <laughs> that's what they were. We'll start in chapter 2, recapping um, from verse 8. It says, And to the angel of the church of Smyrna write, The first and the last who was dead and has come to life says this, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich and the blasphemy by those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. You see that? Do not fear. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison. Now, I don't know, but in the natural, that would something to be like, okay, I should fear that. Like, you don't have to work up anything to like, man, I, I think I should be fearing this a little bit more. In the natural, you're not going to have to do that in that situation. When Jesus is like, so guess what? You're going you're gonna to suffer some persecution? Don't worry about it. Don't fear. Like, that's not, you're, you're not, you wouldn't normally just be like, oh, okay, yeah, thanks for reminding me because I wouldn't have feared about that. He's going on ahead and saying, look, I know you're going to naturally want to do this. Don't. How many, how many know that we read through the Bible, there's a lot of things he understands. He knows where we're at because he's a part of us and he's lived on this earth. And he's, I, it's so, I get so much sympathy and, and uh, I feel so good and peace to know that my God and my Savior understands me. He understands what my natural tendencies are. And he gives me a heads up. Hey, guess what? So don't worry about it. Don't fear. And then he gives us some reason why we shouldn't. Amen? Aren't you happy about that? Really, fear has no place except for, like, if we get the, the true only fear we should have right, it takes care of all the other fear. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if we fear God and we truly fear God, we have nothing else to fear. If we really understand who he is and we have a healthy respect of who God is and we understand who he is, then we really don't have anything else to fear. I think that we, and not I'm throwing me in the bus with this, we as the church and as a, as a Christians in this day and time, we have no clue of how we should fear God. And I think we've written off like even saying like, well, you don't have to really fear him. You should just have a healthy respect. It didn't say have a healthy respect for God. <laughs> now, I believe we should have a healthy respect for God. You should always have it. But it said to fear him. How I know we do, I don't fear God enough is because if I look at Old Testament God, how many hear that? Old Testament God and New Testament God. There is none. He's the same. If I look at God and how he views sin, 
whoa, I don't view sin the same. There's some things in my own life I think, oh, well, you know, I mean, that's, it's almost kind of cute. He doesn't think it's cute. And he's not angry about sin because he's just like this angry grandpa jerk God. He's angry about sin because his most precious beloved had to come to this earth and he had to sacrifice his most beloved son because of sin. Does that make sense? So because of that, and if you had to do that, you would think it's sin totally differently. You would be like, I hate it. I hate sin. It costs my best, my son, my most beloved. And if we understood how God viewed sin, we would stay a lot further away from it than we do. Now, my whole message ain't about this, so you can relax a little bit. But just, just some things in this week, I've been like, oh, my Lord. I got the black stuff on top of my head again. The, the earmuff things with bald heads. That's interesting. I've never shedded black spots off my head. Normally, that's white stuff, right? <laughs> Sorry, that's kind of gross. I'm like, squirrel. Hey, when stuff like that starts falling off your head, it's like, whoa, that's weird. He says, you may be tested and you will have tribulation. Ten days. There was ten periods of it. He says, I will give you the crown of life. Hallelujah. Yes, I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. This is where we're going to spend the majority of our day. He who overcomes, or he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. We need to focus in on the he who overcomes part. Last, we closed up last week. How many enjoyed the Polycarp study and listening about Polycarp? Did I encourage you? This week, I want us to really look. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. The fact that it says you won't be hurt, that's encouraging. <laughs> who likes getting hurt? No. You won't be hurt by the second death. He's basically saying, do not fear. Do not fear. Church, you do not have a good reason to fear. There's so much. Do yourselves a favor. Quit watching the news. Quit following everybody's report and the latest, greatest count and who's doing what and this is crooked and blah, blah. Stop. I can promise you I've had a great week. I seriously have. I purpose in my heart, like, you know what I can do? I can't do anything about that. I can pray, which I've done. I've prayed. We had meetings here to pray. We pray every week. I pray every morning. But you know what? I felt the Lord be like, just rest. Like, there comes a point when he just says, rest and watch what I can do. Like, here's what I know. He's my king. I told you guys this. Like, here's what I did. And I'm still doing. I'm getting up, having me a cup of coffee. Open up my Bible and spending time with him. And you know what? It hasn't, it's, it hasn't changed my day a bit. If I don't watch the news and I don't stay off of the social media stuff, 
it doesn't affect my day one bit. And to be honest, eight years of President Obama didn't affect my day much. When I got off the news, and that's really when I started taking a big break, because I started, whoa, I was getting frustrated. And me frustrated isn't good for nobody. And you frustrated ain't no good for nobody either. So I just began to pray for him. And you know what I'm going to do if President Biden's our president? I'm going to pray for him. You know what I'm going to do if President Trump's our president? I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to do the things I can do, and God's going to do the stuff that God can do. Amen? Like, take a break. This is not my home. I'm just traveling through. I'm so glad I have a king. And you know what? I didn't vote him in. I'm not going to be able to vote him out. He's never going to change. I'm not going to. Well, I wonder if he's king today. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Always. It's not going to change. So, so take a break. I know there's all kinds of like people. Your prayers, when you pray out of fear, is not accomplishing you anything. People get all frustrated. Oh, I gotta, I'm going I'm to spend two more hours in prayer. And you're scared. Watch TV then. Go mow the lawn. You'll get some better results. Now, if you're praying in faith, saying, God, I know you're in charge. And whether, like Shadrach, Me, I am so far from this. Whether Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. Remember what they said? Nebuchadnezzar said, King, can your God do any? Can your God save you now? Like, I'm heating up the furnace. He says, oh, King, yes, our God can save us. But whether he does or whether he doesn't, I'm not going in the fire. Like, I'm not bowing. So whether President Trump is going to be the president or whether they figure out and they recount and they don't do the same way they counted coronavirus tests would be great. But <laughs> however they rec or they don't use new mouth or whatever. <laughs> but however that turns out, Jesus is king. Amen. Jesus is king. He's alive right? Last time I checked, my Bible says I've been young and I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. Like, I still haven't seen that. As old Polycarp said, I've been on this earth 86 years. My God and my Savior hasn't failed me. So I'm not bowing. You got to get a mindset of like, would I like to see President Trump as our president? Heck yeah. If you're a Christian, why wouldn't you? But if he isn't, it's not going to change me. Your attitude shouldn't be getting stinky. And if you can't not have a stinky attitude, then maybe get on social media. Because I, I literally, I had about this much. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to. Why? I felt like the Lord tell me. Remember Smith Wilgesworth. I told you he wouldn't let lies into his home. He wouldn't let a newspaper into his house because he said it wasn't the truth. They were lies. So that the Lord hit me with that, and I went, why don't I not let lies into my home? Things that aren't real, right? When you come down, it's just not real. It's not the truth. It's not real. Why would I let that in? Because what's the results of that? Not life, death. It's the same thing. And so then the Lord said, well, why don't you do the same thing with food? 
wow, that's a good idea. Like, go on a fast. Like, people are, oh, I'm going to fast. I'm fasting like things that aren't real. Is it processed? Is it, like, man-made? Is it, or, like, fruit and vegetables and, like, cows that you can see? Like, that's an animal. We can kill that and eat it. That's good. It's real. Potatoes are real. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> like, real stuff, not processed stuff. Like, it works physically and spiritually. So let's put real things in. Like, the best thing we can put in? Amen. I've never read the word, spent time in the word, and spent time in his presence and stressed out. It's like not possible. If, if it, you are, you're doing it wrong. You're like reading it backwards or upside down or something. Something's not right. I know this is like simple, but so, dude, we got to be writing with some, some simple. It's life or death. Amen. Choose life. Do not fear death. The Christian should never fear death. Here's, here's what I learned this week. It, if I don't get anything else, you're going you're gonna to value this. Write this down. Death is not extinction. I wrote it down backwards. That's, that's awesome. That's about how I do things. I wrote death is separation, not extinction. That's not true. Death is, is not extinction. It's separation. Death is not extinction. It's not, we only think death is final. It's just separation. For, especially for believers. Jesus never said, fear I leave with you. My fear I give unto you. If your Bible reads that, get a new one. My fear I leave with you. No. He said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives. What does that mean, church? Not as the world gives. That means the world doesn't give us peace. Not as the world gives. Do I give to you? And then these words, highlight these. Write them down big and bold, underline them. Do not let. You know what that tells me? I have personal responsibility in this whole thing. Do not let your heart be troubled or fearful. Do not let. Is your heart fearful or troubled? That's your fault. That's a lot better preaching than you guys are responding. <laughs> that medicine you don't like. I don't like it either, but it's the truth. If I'm operating in fear and I don't have peace, you know whose fault it is? It's my fault because he said, my peace I give unto you. His peace ain't faulty. His peace is amazing. So if I don't have peace, if you don't, here, if you don't have peace, whose fault is it? I'm glad you said that. That was a good answer. I only laid it out there for you a bunch of times. <laughs> Do not let your hearts be troubled. You know what that tells me? My thinking on the phone deal and the TV thing is a pretty good plan. Now, how many of you can spend hours in, in watching Fox News, CNN, or whatever news, or even the ones you think are good, and staying on your phone, keeping track of what the count is now and who's doing what and what's their... What, and have peace. If you can do it, you're amazing. You're way better than I am because I can't do it for five minutes. It's my responsibility to keep the peace. And I tell you what, you can ask my wife, how, how has it been around our house? Ethan, how's it been? 
How much time are we spending watching the election? It's nice. It's almost like a sanctuary. It's almost like a place that you'd want to come and stay and enjoy the peace of God. Who's responsible for that? This guy. That's a lot better. Like, you know, it feels good to be able to say that. It feels good to be able to preach that. It feels good to be able to tell you that and it be the truth. John 16, 33, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. You may have it. You may have it. Whose fault is it if you don't have peace? You guys, this is so good. And it is, I, had, I did not plan on preaching any of this, just so you know. You're getting a lot of freebies. It's so free. In me, you may have peace. In the world, you not even may have, you have tribulation. But take courage. I have overcome the world. Thank you, Lord. Church, he's overcome the world. He's already overcome it. I ain't worried about it. I don't need to spend two seconds, not a second, worried about this world. He's overcome it. We're good. <laughs> We're good. Death is separation, not extinction. Now, here's some, there's some deaths that are really good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a good, then we're going to go through the death. You're going to say, what death is good? Death to sin is so amazingly good. Death to sin is so ridiculously good. That's a good death. That was that death that I, like, I got to choose. I'm like, that's the day I died right there. Dead to sin. What's the way to say? If you're dead to sin, you're what? Alive in Christ. Yay. If you want to get some um, clarity on this, because I don't have, we're not going to be able to do it. Romans 6, 1 through 14. We're definitely not doing that today if we're going to get through this at all. Because you got a lot of freebies. Second service might, but you guys aren't. If you have a Bible, Romans chapter 6, 1 through 14. Look at death to sin. It's amazing. And you're going to say, what do you mean death to sin? I mean, from our example, death is separation. Not extinction. That's with all death. That doesn't mean there's not ever going to be any more sin. But I am separated from it. It no longer is my master. I don't have to. You don't have to. And someone can say, well, I don't know. What are you saying? I'm saying there was a death to sin. And I usually explain it this way. What do you call someone who sins? What do you call someone who's saints? Can a saint sin? Can a sinner saint? I'm a saint. You're a saint. God's made you a saint. You can sin. I'm not a sinner, or I'm not a sinner who occasionally saints. I'm a saint who can occasionally sin. Does that make sense? When I was a sinner, I didn't occasionally saint. And if you occasionally something, it doesn't mean that's what you are. Because I died to sin. 
It's a whole, I have a whole new master. I have a whole new father. It's not extinct. It's not going to be extinct until Jesus comes and we get caught up in the air and then it's extinct completely. But I'm so far separated from it. It's a beautiful thing. There was a death. It's not natural anymore to do that. I got to go against my nature. Hello? There's a new creation. I have a new nature. I naturally don't want to sin anymore. You know how I know that? If I do, I'm convicted. Amen? How many of you are like that? How many before you were saved, you sinned, you're like, oh, that was a good one. Let me wonder if I could top that one. I didn't have conviction about that. Now, even the smallest little things, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'd have never even given that a thought. My mouth was blah, 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 with symbols all the time. Vomit all the time. Now, one little, like the thought, you do something, it's like, it, it, it didn't even come out. It just, and you're like, oh, oh, I don't like that. Read about that, Romans 6, 1 through 14. You'll agree. Next one I want to talk about is physical death. Separation, not extinction. The separation from the soul, from the body. It marks, as a believer, the entrance into paradise. Yay! For the believer. And Hades for the unbeliever. Physical death is not the end of existence. It is a change in the state of existence. You hearing me? It's not the end of existence. It's a change in the state of existence. For us as believers, death is the final effect of sin to be canceled by Christ's redeeming work. That is good news. Death is the final thing that gets canceled from sin. The wages of sin is what? When we die, pay, it's done, done, done. What are you talking about? It's over, Rover. Yay! Like, I, before I even understood that, I came to a realization. I don't know. I, I was surveying with your dad. With, I think I was with Jeff or somebody. Driving to Copperopolis, and the thought hit me, like, about heaven. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. The, ma- the most amazing thing, besides Jesus, is going to be, I started comprehending what it would be like. And I still tried it. Without even the, without no part of sin connected at all. Free, free. You're not going to worry like a thought, nothing. Gone. You guys should be way more excited about that because I'm super excited about that. Like that's that's a yes. I'm like I'm, I'm. Oh, let's go there. I'm not afraid of that. Sins find canceled. Yay! That's our goal. That's exciting. And you're, that's why Christians are so strange. We're supposed to be so weird because we're like, what are you going to do? Kill me? Yay. Seriously. We do not fear death. What do you do with people that don't fear death? They're just like, there's no hope for you. You're all nuts. Yes. That's my goal. I mean, how messed up are you when your goal is to die? Right? 
you would be like, dude, you need a straitjacket. I just can't wait. No fear. For a believer, death is the final effect of sin being canceled by Christ's redeeming work. Believers can boldly proclaim, like Paul did in Philippians 2, for me to die is gain. For me to die is gain. Isn't that the truth? What do, you, what do we gain? Heaven, paradise, being with Jesus forever, never being touched by sin again. Ever. Didn't Paul look like a nut? They put him in jail and he's like, oh, praise the Lord. Let's just sing. Let's just worship the Lord. Would you all shut up? No, my God's worthy. We're praising God. Peter's doing the same thing. The jails open up. They just go out. They're like, oh, that's a great, awesome. Doors open up. Centurions are ready to kill themselves because they're going free. No, don't. Let me pray for you. They get saved. They go home with them. Their families get saved. What do you do with people like that? We can't lock them up. We can kill them, and they're like, okay. Stephen didn't fight about it. His face just started glowing, and his glory of God was all over him. And he's just looking at Jesus, and they're throwing rocks at him. He's like, this is great. This is amazing. You guys, we got nothing to fear. Nothing. Death is like a joke to us. I already died. I wrestled with that one. My sinful nature didn't want to die. It died hard. But man, that spiritual man came alive, and it was like, whoa, look out, world. You thought the, the, the dead spirit man was nuts? The spiritually alive one is crazy. We got time. I'm going to... I'm going to share, I was talking with Richard, and I was a little unsure about a couple things, and I don't like that. So maybe I'm going to help some of you if I can, good Lord, I couldn't find nothing today. Let's talk about where people go. Remember in the Old Testament, there was an intermediate place, and there's an intermediate place. Anyone, everyone know, understand, like, because to me it was kind of foggy. Intermediate place, when people would die in the Old Testament. It's called Sheol. And some people get all wrapped up and they're like, these new Bibles, they took 600 times it was hell and now there's only 100. Well, the new Bible's actually right. I hate to say it. The place of the dead in the Old Testament was Sheol. Not hell. Hell is the eternal lake of fire, which we're not even there yet. Sheol. There's two parts of Sheol. Hades and Abraham's bosom. And there's a huge chasm that separated the two. If you were righteous and you died in faith, you went to Abraham's bosom. If you were unrighteous and you died, you go to Hades, the deepest part of Sheol. Now, when Jesus came, when he died on the cross, remember he told the, today you'll be with me in paradise. Paradise is where when we die, we, boom, we're absent from the body, present from the Lord. There's no more Abraham's bosom. Ephesians, I'm going to show you this. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. 
says, therefore, it says, when he ascended, he is Jesus. When he ascended on high, this was out of Psalm, he led captivity, captive, a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean? Except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is himself also, he who ascended far above all the heavens that, might, that he might fill all things. So when Jesus died, he did go into the center of the earth, which we see in Matthew. He says that, he talked about, I'm going to only give you the sign. They wanted the signs, remember? Show me signs of that you're really the Messiah. He'd already healed a bunch of people, opened up Isaac. He said, the only sign unbelieving people are going to get is this. I'm going to give you the sign of Jonah. And he said that he would go down into the middle of the earth for three days. And then rise back up again. So that's what he did. He descended Abraham's bosom, led captivity captive, said, hey, boys, it's time to roll. Let's come on up out of here. And I don't know if you remember, um, and I'm not, I'll have to tell you which gospel. It might be John. But when Jesus died, they said, and he resurrected, and, and there was all kinds of people that had died before. Were, they seen walking around on the earth. I believe, now this isn't thus saith the Lord, this is thus saith Stephen, that's whatever that's worth. But that was when Jesus took captivity captive, brought them up, and they were actually literally like, whoa, you see all those people? They done got loose from Abraham's bosom. Yay! Right? Yay! So what about us? Well, for us, absent from the body's present with the Lord. There is no more of that. But Hades hasn't changed. People die dead. If you die out of, that's where you go. There's no Abraham's bosom no more. You're instantly with the Lord. If you're, if you're righteous, if you're unrighteous, you're in the same spot. Then, after the millennium, all of those who died who weren't in faith will come up and be judged. And if their name's not written in the book of life, then they will be cast into the lake of fire. Second death, which we're getting to. You have no reason to fear the second death. You don't even have a reason to fear the first death. I don't fear death. Did that help anybody? Good. Now, where was I at? Spiritual death now. Let's talk about spiritual death. Spiritual death is separation, not extinction. Separation from God. Now, spiritual death, we all were spiritually dead before we became Christians. Separation from God in this world, in the world to come. That's not good. Remember, remember the Lord said, for, he told Adam and Eve, for in, this, for in the day you eat the fruit, you shall surely die. Genesis 2.17. And I don't know about you, but a lot of people are like, well, they didn't die. What was up with that? He wasn't talking about physical death. He's talking about their spiritual death. The day you eat of that fruit, you will surely die. Spiritually dead. Boom. And that's how all mankind is, comes into this. We're spiritually dead because they ate the fruit. We're not physically dead. Amen? Now, how many know it's a good day where that spiritual man comes alive? Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Right? We should be very thankful just on that point going, Lord, 
remembering us becoming saved again, becoming Christians, going, thank you. I was dead. Now I'm alive. And I'm never, never going to die again. Woo! That's good news. Death ain't all bad, see? I'm not making this up, and I'm not playing games with you. I hope you get it. The more I study this, the more I, I'm like, yep. Now, now, I hope you understand, I don't like it. My, my natural man, I don't like losing people. I don't like it. I don't like the fact, but I know they're not extinct. We're just separated for a little while. This life's but a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. In the scheme of eternity, when I'm back with all everyone that I've ever loved, this little time apart is going to be like a, can you ever see a candle vapor? Gone. That's so encouraging to me. So, yeah, I don't like it, my natural part, but my spiritual part, I'm so happy for everyone that I know that is with the Lord. I'm like, oh, you beat me. I'll remember. I, I love my grandpa so much. Like, we were so close. I would go see him every single day. Like, oh, I miss him. But my lit, and I'm, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I told you, when my sister came in to tell me, grandpa passed. My instant thought, and I had to get the smile off my face before I went and see my mom because I didn't want her upset. Seriously, I got this stupid smile on my face, and I went, you jerk, you beat me. He knew. He talked about the Lord all the time. He knew where he was going. He was excited. He wasn't worried about it. And I used to wonder, is that for real? Oh, I know for sure now. It's for real. When You all might be sad someday if I'm not here. Some of you won't. Some of you might be. But I'll, just, I'll tell you who's not going to be sad they're not here anymore. This guy. I'm going to be so excited. It's going to be the best day ever. Ever. It'll be the best day ever for you. So if you're not here, and I pray to God you are, but if you're not, I'm only going to be so upset. My natural man will be upset, but my spiritual man will be so excited for you. That's our goal. How do you get upset when that's your goal? Let the dead, Jesus said this about, remember? He said, let the dead bury their dead. What was he talking about? Was he talking about physical death? How can physically dead people bury dead people? He's saying, let the spiritually dead bury the physically dead. But you, follow me. Remember, that was the whole thing. Hey, we want to follow you. But, you know, my, my dad, he might be getting ready to die. And he said, hey, let the spiritually dead bury the dead. You're going to be spiritually alive. Come follow me. There's something. If you're spiritually alive, there's some more important things going on, church. If you're spiritually alive, there's a lot more important things going on than this world. And who wins the election and who doesn't? We're talking about eternity. I'm concerned about souls. I'm concerned about souls. What keeps? I'm concerned about what keeps someone from being spiritually alive. Like, I've been, so you know, we got some plans. What keeps someone from becoming spiritually alive? That, that's what, I'm like, we need to stop people from not being spiritually alive. Like, how can we get people spiritually alive? That's my concern. That should be your concern. Here's one of them, unbelief. It's the biggest thing. If you, if you narrow it down, I narrowed it down to everything. What keeps someone from becoming spiritually alive? Unbelief. 
You don't have to do all that research. I already did it for you. Unbelief. We say again, thank you, Lord, for making us alive in you and resurrecting us from the dead. So in this next year, um, with, with Jonathan's passing, he said some things. And I, I, when God talks to you, there's some things you got you to take those things and hold dear to them and then do something about it. Remember, he, I heard, Jenny heard him say, and his wife heard and Sarah heard him say, we need to be shouting it from the rooftops that the Lord's coming back soon. We need to be shouting it from the rooftops. So, how many know if you don't set a goal, you won't, you just float around. But if you set a goal for something, you aim at something, like, you miss every shot you don't aim at. Right? I used to hunt, and when I was teaching the boys, I'm going to do some more hunting, praise God. Um, but I was teaching the boys how to shoot. I said, you aim small. Don't just aim at a deer. Don't just aim at a coyote or whatever the heck you're wanting to shoot. Pick out a spot. Pick out a spot. You can see like where colors of their um, hair change or a pattern. You pick out a tiny spot. So if you miss that tiny spot, you just miss a little thing. You still drop them. But if you're just aiming at this big thing, I've done it. You're just like, something's on the move. You just throw it up there. Boom. How the heck did I miss them? Every single time, it's like, I didn't aim at anything small. But when you take a second, take a little bit of time and just find down. So what am I saying? We're going to aim for 100 souls this next year, 2021. This church is aiming to see. And I'm not talking about recycled people coming from one church to another. 100 people getting saved, making a decision for Christ, that their souls will become alive in spirit, and they will never enter into death. That is this church's goal for 2021. And we're going to invest money. We're going to invest time. We're going to do courses and teach people how to be an effective evangelist and witness and how to share their faith. So there will be no excuse. And it's going to be fun. I don't know about you, but once I learned it, I got the fear out of it. My fear was because I didn't know what I was doing. But once I started doing it, it's fun. And then I started looking for opportunities. Like I'd go when I had hair. I would go to different places and get my hair cut. And I learned when I was in Teen Challenge that... Once you're there in the chair, they're stuck. And they always ask questions. It was so easy. I just start talking about my life, talk about my testimony. They say, where are you from? Oh, I'm in Teen Challenge. Why? Well, because I was a knucklehead and I did a bunch. But Jesus, he's so amazing. Look what he's done in my life. So from that point on, you, huh, I start going to different hair places. I'm like, well, I've already witnessed to them a bunch. We'd be in a different town. I think I'm going to get my hair cut. Now they're having to hear, not just them, but everyone in that shop. The other ones are sitting there cutting their hair. Pretty soon they're listening. Other people, they start asking questions afterwards. It's a beautiful thing. Anytime I got on an airplane, I flew to London. And then from London to Africa. Oh, let me tell you, there's no place you can go off that plane. It was awesome. I'm like, what are they going to do? Throw me off? Everyone in there is going to know about Jesus. Now, I wish I could say, like, I do that every single day in every single place I go. No, but I do it a lot more than I ever used to. But now I can promise you, we're going to aim at a goal. A hundred people getting saved. A hundred people. Not to try to grow the church. We're doing financially okay. This isn't some scheme or anything. It's because I want to see a hundred people get saved. We need to set a goal. We need to shout it from the rooftops. We need to let people know that Jesus is king. We need to shine our light, give people some hope. 
If you believe that, then you're going to tell people. Amen? So just so you know, 2021, get ready. You're going to have to spend some midweeks in some small groups, getting some training. You're going to have to come together once in a while, and we're going to go through practicing. And we're going to go spend time together sharing our faith and seeing people get saved and shouting and screaming hallelujah. We're probably going to have a thermometer or something to we could visually see how many people are getting saved. And then how many people can we get baptized? How many people get baptized in the Holy Spirit? I'm pretty sure revival will happen. I'm pretty sure it's already happening. In this life. Amen? I don't want to see people die. I don't want to do a funeral and not know where they're at. I want to do a funeral and be like, I know it stinks right now, but oh, they're with Jesus. They're with Jesus. Dude, we're not even getting to second death. Next week, I guess. Matthew 10, 28. This is Jesus talking to the Smyrnans. Well, this wasn't him talking to the Smyrnans, but this is what I'm using to apply to, to the church of Smyrna. Remember I told you, he never, Jesus didn't trick us or he didn't set us up or tell us how amazing everything's going to be all the time here. Jesus said this, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It is enough for the disciple that he may become like his teacher and the slave like his master. If they have called the head of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they insult the members of his household? Very next words. So do not fear them. So do not fear them. For there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be broken. I'm going to stop for a second on the hidden and will not be broken. You guys remember the, all the Jesus talking about the parables and all the stories of parables. You wonder, why was Jesus talking? And, and I used to think it sometimes, like I used to think, man, that's kind of messed up, Lord. Like, why wouldn't you tell them plainly? Why weren't you speaking to the Jews plainly, giving them all that truth? Because it's the truth that will set you free. God is so merciful. He's so merciful. God, knowing that they're not going to turn, they're not going to change. If he even was able and spoke all that truth to them, knowing that they're not going to change, they're in worse shape. They're in even worse shape. To whom much is given, much is required. When you've been given much, there's going to be a lot of requiring. God in his mercy, knowing that they're not changing, they're not going to turn. He spoke in parables to his disciples so that they, those who weren't even going to follow him wouldn't be responsible for what they're going to hear. Your picture of how loving God is is so this small. And I used to think, Lord, because there's, it says, like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hide that from them. He was hiding things. You're like, why would he hide that? Like, it's so good. He's sparing them. I believe there's different levels of darkness. There's different levels of punishment in hell. 
according to what you've done, according to the things that you know, according to those things, it's going to be harsher on some than others. And I think God in his mercy is saying, I'm not going to speak all this plainly because you're going to be even held to a higher standard of accountability. You're not going to miss next week on second death. Not a fun topic, but I, oh my Lord, it is powerful. He goes on in verse 27, says, What I tell you in the darkness, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim on the housetops. Shout it from the rooftops is what he's saying. Proclaim on the housetops and do not be afraid. Go ahead, put the music on. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. Proclaim from the housetops. Shout it from the rooftops, church. Don't be afraid. Jesus is saying, look, they accuse me of being the devil. Get over it. Get over it. What are you worried about? They persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Get over it. Don't worry about that. You want a victor's crown? You want that Stefano's crown that says, well done. When you run through those gates, when you finish your race, I hope I'm all spent and used up. Like the tires are bald, smoking. The engine's smoking and tinking and making all kinds of crazy sounds. Like it just was wound up tight for a long time. Get every little bit of horsepower out of it. That's how I want to go into heaven. Used up, poured out. Probably been through some crashes here and there. Or do you want to go in all like pristine and, well, I did a good job. I sang every week in church. What? I don't think you're going to hear well done on that one. I think the ones who are all beat up, ran out of gas, blowed up, had to get five different engines replaced. It's going to be like, whoa. I totally believe we're going to, what we think, how we think here is not how he thinks. Remember he said, you want to be first in my kingdom? Come in last. It's so different. We want to preserve everything and make everything look so nice. And I like this. But you got to understand, I didn't Richard to tell you, well, we're doing these lights, he's doing this. I said, you know what, this is all good and we need to do this. The church, the day and age that we're at, it needs to be presentable. And it needs to be somewhere that people want to come. But I'm doing all this because I want to see souls get saved. Like, we're doing all this, but we went out last week and fed some people that needed it. Like, we're doing stuff besides this. This is temporary. The stuff outside these doors are eternal. That's what I want to do. That's what we're going to do. We're going to see people get saved. We're going to pour our lives out. We're going to get uncomfortable. We're going to conquer fear. We're going to get out. Okay, you can do it afraid or do it unafraid. Either way, just do it. It's only scary the first hundred times. Not even a hundred, I promise. But if I'm telling the truth, I still, every once in a while, I get this little thing. I'm like, ah, what if they don't like, what if they... And then all I got to think about is like, if their house was on fire, if they're going to spend eternity somewhere, I got to tell them. They might be offended. They might be, but they might not be. And I believe the Holy Spirit will bring back truth when it is spoken in the middle of the night. And he'll use other people that'll come along and give a little water to it. And he'll use other people who will break up the soil. And then, then every once in a while, we get to come along, and we think it was so easy. We're like, 
Yeah, I just told them about Jesus. They're like, jumped in the boat. Yeah, I want to get saved. You're not that good. There was all kinds of other people that poured water, stored up. Thank God, right? Because sometimes it just stinks if you're always breaking up the ground. Or all you're doing is watering. You don't ever get to get the harvest. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. That's Jesus' words. Don't be afraid of those who can kill the body and cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body and hell. That's who we should be fearing. Don't fear him who can kill the body. Fear him who can destroy the body and the soul. We want to hear well done, amen? I want you guys to all hear well done. I want us to all be able to go before the, before the Lord and come into that throne room and him just say, well done. Here's your crowns. Amen? Amen. Well, I know we were all over the place today, and I apologize. I tried to get us through Smyrna. <laughs> it just ain't happening. Let me pray for you. Lord, we trust you. I want all of you to declare that. Lord, I trust you. Now say it again and mean it. With all of my heart. With all of my soul. With all of my mind all of my strength. Lord, I love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, all of my mind, all of my strength. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Church God is good. <laughs> we serve a good God. We serve a good God. Lord, we're so grateful that you're king. Yes. <laughs> and tomorrow you're going to be king. And the next day you're going to be king. And you're going to be king in eternity. You've always been king and you'll always be king. I thank you that you're the great I am. <laughs> you're the same. You never change. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us a heart that's been restored to life, that we are not spiritually dead anymore. We're spiritually alive in you. I thank you, Lord, that that spirit man's heart beats for souls to see people saved. Lord, I pray that you bless all of our endeavors towards that. I pray, Lord, that the person that's, that's sitting right now that is saying they're, they're, they're afraid right now, going, I don't know if I can do this. Lord, I pray that you would just begin to supernaturally show them and fill them with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and give them power. You baptized us and gave us that strength and power to be a witness. Lord, we thank you for that. You knew that it would be tough. You knew that in our flesh we would need some help. You gave us the Holy Spirit in power. Thank you, Lord. Lord, for those who are just naturally very shy and quiet, Lord, I pray that we would see that this is not... Um, we're not in competition with one another. We're not going and going to be taking personal tallies. There's no names getting attached. They're all for you. 
they're all for you. You've given us all different gifts. You've given us all different strengths, different abilities. We thank you for that. But Lord, every one of them you've given us so that we can glorify you. And some have been called to be evangelists and some haven't, but we've all been called to be light. So evangelists are gonna probably go out and just run all over the place, run amok and get people saved all over the place. And teachers are gonna sit with small groups of people and talk about Jesus and get people saved that way. But we know as a believer, every single one of us, we need to share our faith. We need to tell people about Jesus because you're coming soon. We need to all shout it from the rooftops. Lord, we thank you that we have no excuse to be in fear. We thank you that it is our choice to have peace. And Lord, we choose peace. So go in peace, church. Go in peace. I'll see you next week.